This is Ted and PK, and thanks for listening to Faith Radio Mornings. You can hear us live weekdays, and you can check out highlights of our show at any time on MyFaithRadio.com. Right now we're going to talk with Kerry Oberuner. He was a pastor with a secret in the midst of ministering to others. He was struggling with self-injury. And now he's written a book based on his journey. It's called The Deeper Path, Five Steps That Let Your Hurts Lead to Your Healing. He's going to share part of his healing journey with us and and how God can bring healing into your life, too, especially if you're struggling with numbing your pain, whatever way that may be. Good morning, Carrie. Hey, good morning. How are you both? Doing well, thanks. Yeah, and, we're uh, great. Thank you. Thanks for joining us early this yeah. morning. Yeah, hey, it's great to be here. Well, now, this is, uh, first of all, very vulnerable of you to kind of admit what you were struggling with back, uh, how many years ago was this that you were dealing with this? Yeah, back, I started um, self-injuring when I was quite young, and it took uh, place in the form of of biting, but it actually uh, peaked when I was in seminary. That would have been about 13 years ago while I was pastoring my first church, and uh, I was... Not a not a bad guy, but I just didn't have a language for my pain, which I believe you know many of the listeners probably struggle with. Is is how do we communicate our pain? And for me, I chose a very negative form of of self injury. And how how did you decide to start doing that even at a young age? And was yeah. that was was it that just the pain was was at least a feeling of some sort? Yeah, you know, self-injury is is interesting, and of course, I've been a pastor for a while and then recently transitioned into speaking, writing, and coaching, but, you know, I'm convinced that all sin is self-injury. Think about that for a moment. Mm -hmm. All all sin is self-injury, and so, you know, whereas I don't understand anorexia, you know, I don't understand how a, a beautiful young girl, you know, is believing lies about herself that she's she's ugly or fat, you know, I can't go up to an anorexic girl and say, hey, you know, God thinks you're beautiful. And she's not going to say, oh, wow, thank you. You know, now, <laughs> yeah. I'm, now I'm healed. And so mm-hmm. for me, even though I knew Greek, I knew Hebrew, I was studying the scriptures, I grew up as a pastor's kid, I hadn't learned the language to communicate my pain. And, you know, so for me, self-injury was actually a form of controlling my pain. Um, at least with self-injury, I could decide when, how long, how often. And I believe that um, really it was reenacting pain to control pain. And I think that's where a lot of self-injurers struggle is uh, usually it, it's it's dealing with the fact that they can't find the words to communicate how they feel. They almost feel like words are um, inauthentic because they don't communicate the true depth of their feeling other people self-injure to feel, other people self-injure to, to control. But uh, for me, I was clearly stuck, and God wanted to set me free, and, and that's really what uh, my passion is now, to set other people free. Kerry, there's a variety of ways to numb pain, as you talk about in your book, The Deeper Path. Talk about what some of those ways are, aside from self-harm, and uh, also how numbing our pain is ultimately numbing our potential. Yeah. So I believe that, you know, we all, <laughs> we all have pain in our lives. In fact, it's the universal emotion. C.S. Lewis tells that God whispers to us in our pleasures he speaks to us in our conscience, but he shouts to us in our pain, and it's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And so I believe that pain 
um, is really something that we all have, but a lot of us numb it. And there's really some ways of numbing it that's socially acceptable. Um, right now, I work with a lot of business people, and, and one of the ways business individuals often numb their pain is, is workaholism. And we reward that. You know, we give trophies for, for that type of numbing of pain. Another way is through TV. You know, TV's not bad in and of itself, but the average person watch, watches 5.1 hours of TV a day, which if you multiply that over a lifetime, it's 16.5 years of 24-7 TV. Mm, wow. Wow. Well, and I, and I was just reading through some of the lies that we tell ourselves, too. By the way, we're, we're talking with Carrie Oberbrenner, author of the book, The Deeper Path, Five Steps That Let Your Hurts Lead to Your Healing. And these lies, Carrie, I think we can all identify, you know, with, if not one, several of these. You're talking about TV or movies and video games help me escape my pain. Um, eating food helps me starve the pain for my life. If someone causes me pain, I should reject them. Um, looking at pornography helps cure my pain. Uh, and here's a good one, too, I think, um, and you relate this even to marriage, but human relationships shouldn't involve pain. Mm. But mm-hmm. but pain is is kind of a, a, a learning tool, isn't it? Sometimes a teaching tool, don't you think, too? It is. It is. There's a quote that says, pain is inevitable, misery is a choice. Mm-hmm. And I believe I hang out with some some pretty cool people. Um, it's called the Deeper Path Team, and what we've really become passionate about is is not ridding our lives of pain, but getting to the point where we're choosing the right pain. You know, here we are in Passion Week, and Jesus, of course, chose the right pain. You know, the scriptures are are very unique in a sense in Hebrews where it says. Jesus, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross. You know, and we look at that and we say, cross and joy. I mean, if you've ever seen the Passion movie, it Mm. certainly wasn't joy, right? Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) But the reason why he was able to embrace the cross is because he realized the crown beyond the cross. And so what we do really with our, our coaching and our speaking is we help people get to the point where they don't just think about their life as the cross. You know, you, you can sit down with a lot of people and they, they'll tell you in 30 seconds what their cross is, whether it's a sick kid or low finances. What we want to get to is the spot where we're helping people understand the crown beyond the cross. We call it their opus. And it's just powerful. That's what really helped me get beyond my self-injury is I had to, I had to see the, the beauty beyond the pain and really get to the point where life was about serving others. Because self-injury, let's face it, it's a fixation upon yourself. It's really the inverse of pride. You know, pride is focusing on yourself for how good you are. Self-injury is focusing on yourself for how bad you are. Right. Mm, Kerry Oberbrunner is our guest here on Faith Radio Mornings. He's a pastor, also author of the book, The Deeper Path. And it's all about five steps that lead, that let your hurts lead to your healing. And we'll continue learning about the steps and uh, just talking about this topic. Welcome your calls also at 877-933-2484. That's 877-933-2484. If you call in with a question, you might end up with a copy of the book. You never know. 645 Faith Radio Mornings continues in two minutes.
648. You're listening to Faith Radio Mornings with Ted and PK, and our guest this morning is Carrie Oberbrunner, author of the book The Deeper Path, and we're talking about the pain that exists within each of us, but then sometimes how we choose to control that uh, by by other self-injury habits that develop. And Carrie, I was just reading a story this morning on CNN about a girl who was only 58 pounds Wow. And yeah, she she was a severe anorexic, and uh, Chelsea had a stroke at 15 because mm-hmm. she only weighed 58 pounds and was in the hospital for months and months, and now is has has found healing uh, and is back on the road to health again. But this is not an uncommon thing, and and it can be overeating. It can be just a variety of things, as you're saying. Um, we we all have a sin, and we all have self injury. By, by letting that sin maybe overtake us what would what would you say to people today we need we need to walk through your your steps that lead to the healing um, where do we start the first step is question your condition and I think that those who are listening to the uh, the the radio right now really they feel this they know this this is why we love the movies that we do every movie really starts with the hero or heroine uh, questioning their condition whether it's you know Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit or even uh, Little Women, you know, mm-hmm. um, every single character really gets to the point where they understand that there is more than they're currently experiencing. This comes into the word desire, which literally means to give birth to, and I believe that God in Ephesians 2:10 he he says that we are His workmanship. The word is poema. We are God's poem. That's what we get our word poem from. And it says that God has works for us prepared beforehand. And so I really say that most people are dead. They just haven't made it official. you know. And uh, we, we need to get to the point where we move past that and really question our current reality. That's the first step. And then uh, yeah, and step two, then you go on. I, th- I think about like Alcoholics Anonymous, where they say step one is admitting you have a problem. Is that kind of akin to step two? Yeah, you know, it, it, whether it's The Matrix 1 or, or any type of movie, um, you know, TV show, it, it comes to the point where the character says, I, I was meant for more, to be more, do more, have more, or give more. And that's really the first step. You have to be almost dissatisfied. You know, this young girl who's 58 pounds, mm-hmm. she has to get to the point where she realizes that there is more. There is another way. So that's the first step. The second step is unmasking your painkillers. You know, it's interesting. One of my coaching clients said, come on, man, I don't have any pain. I'm not numbing my pain. And, you know, when I hear that, I kind of chuckle because it just – I, I grieve for the person, but I realize that they're not at a spot where they even can see the fact that they're numbing their pain. And, and sure enough, as we dug a little deeper, this gentleman was drinking uh, a 12-pack every other day. And I said, well, look, if it's not a big deal, just, just set it down. And he couldn't even set it down for for a week. Uh, it was numbing his, his pain that much. Well, I think that's an interesting exercise, even as we're going through Lent right now, we talk about maybe, oh, yeah. you know, you're, maybe you're going to sacrifice something, you're going to lay something down, and, and I think it's been a challenge for many of us during this time just to say, yeah, well, I don't, I don't really need this, but yet do we? So mm, being honest, being honest, and then just taking that step to unmask the painkiller, that's, that's awesome. Talk about explore your wounds. That, this sounds even more painful. 
<laughs> yeah, and you know it is interesting, and and this is this we call it the deeper path because most people would just say, you know, give me the remote, give me the chips, give me the drugs, give me the pornography. You really got to get to the spot where you realize that God created you for a great destiny. And so one of the things that um, step three would be explore your wound. And I, in my other book, Your Secret Name, I really talk about how the enemy of our soul, Satan, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And most often when, when I work with people and when the Deeper Path team works with people, we realize that our area of deepest wound is oftentimes the area of our biggest contribution to the world. And so, of course, you know, why would Satan not work hard against that? And, you know, one of the things that we're realizing is as people get healthy and, and whole, really their entire lives have been built around the enemy trying to drag them down in a certain area of wounding. So, for instance, one client that I had really uh, struggled with um, just Im impurity. And, you know, every time she felt like she was starting to get victory, those names came back to her. And so I try to ha have people reduce their wound into a name. You know, <laughs> are you familiar? You're familiar with Lion King. You guys love Lion King. Oh, oh yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 So you look at you look at even that movie, you know, Child of the King. Simba, heir to the throne, tight relationship with his father, and he goes and he goes into an area he shouldn't go, the elephant graveyard. His father dies in the process, and sure enough, his, his uh, the the guy Scar comes to him and says, "Murderer." You see, and so his wound, you know, is is the fact that he killed his father, and so he goes and lives a life of purposelessness, numbing his pain. Don't worry, be happy. And it's not until he confronts that wound and realizes that, you know, that is in the past and that's not his future, then he's able to experience freedom. Took, took and, a big knock on the head for him to understand it was yeah, in the right. past. <laughs> Remember that part? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's in the past. Exactly. Carrie uh, Oberrunner is our guest here on Faith Radio Mornings. We're talking about his book, The Deeper Path, Five Steps That Let Your Hurts Lead to Your Healing. And we'll just touch on uh, the last two here. And by the way, we're, we're just quickly touching on the steps. Mm -hmm. You definitely want to check out the book if you want to go deeper on these. Carrie does a great job of uh, expounding on each one of these steps. Uh, step four is overcoming your excuses. It's easy to get derailed and then make excuses, mm -hmm. isn't it? Mm -hmm. It is. It is. And what's so interesting is that we don't get what we want in life. We get what we argue for. And I'll give you a real quick analogy. Um, you can use this analogy with money or with heroin. So here's the point. Um, you know, you take a heroin addict, for, for example, you know, and I had a, a brother who struggled with that. I could go to him and say, do you want to be free? from drugs. And he would say, absolutely. But then if I begin to say, okay, well, let's create a plan, he would very quickly say, well, you don't understand. You know, my, my, mm. my neighbor's a drug dealer. You don't understand. All my friends use drugs. And he begins to argue against that which he wants. And in life, we don't get what we want. We get what we argue for. And so as the Deeper Path team and, and myself, as we work with people, we really get them to the point that we isolate what they truly want. And then once they admit that, we begin to focus on the fact that their excuses are literally where they're spending their energy. It's where their focus is going. And as their focus goes there, they can't begin the healing process because they're actually arguing for that which they don't want.
Wow, that's you're stepping on my toes yeah. a little bit here. I don't know about this. <laughs> that's right. no, good though. No, it's it's awesome. A friend of mine said that excuses are, are like belly buttons. Everybody's got one. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. I like that. Yeah, and it's really true. And that's what that's really what holds us back. Talk about the the, the fifth step. How do we step into that, and how do we just begin that healing process? Get over all those hurdles and get on the road. There comes a point where we really need to show up in our lives. And, you know, we need to stop playing small and playing safe. And that's where I feel like a lot of a lot of people are. That's where I was. I was playing small, playing safe. Who am I? You know, how could God use me? Why would God want to use me? Look, every single person was meant for a great purpose. I truly believe it. And there comes this point where after you go through the four steps, you come to the fifth step, which is embody your healing. And that's where you just need to show up. And I I like movies. I like scripture. Um, A lot of the movies that I'm referencing just latch onto people. They can understand it. There's this clip from Walk the Line where Johnny Cash, I don't know if you remember that movie. You remember Mm -hmm. that movie? It's a great movie. (laughs) Yeah. He's auditioning. This is his big moment. And as he auditions for his big moment, he's singing someone else's song. Hmm. And there's a lot of people in life right now who are singing someone else's song. It's not the song God put in them. It's a song that is, is tested and it's safe. This is the same thing that when I used to watch American Idol when it was cool. <laughs> right back when Simon was there. But there was this magic point in the auditions where the people began to play not to lose instead of playing to win. And they began to sing the safe song that got them mm-hmm. through the, the previous round. And what God wants us to do is he wants us to show up because he wants to put in us, it says in the scriptures, a new song, right? right. He wants to put in each one of us. And yet many of us are scared, we're, we're fearful, we're, we're intimidated of rejection. Hmm. And Henry Blackaby said this, he said, what are you doing right now in your life that unless God shows up, you will fail. Mm. And there's That's too many good. people that are doing nothing. And when we're doing nothing, then we don't need God. And then we're not living a life of faith. Mm-hmm. Good point. Sorry, we got to wrap up here, Carrie, but thank yeah. you for your time and for the book. And uh, God bless you in your ministry. Hey, thanks for having me today. You mm-hmm. bet. Thank you so much.